This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to the Mostly Harmless Podcast. Or at least you better be. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most of the Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Damon Damien. All right, buddies. Hope you guys have been doing well. We took some little time off after the holidays, but now we're back. We're better than ever. Uh, today, I'm sitting down and I'm chatting with my birthday buddy, Mr. Scooter James. Uh, of course, you know Scooter from Pinhead Circus, Love Me Destroyer, Tin Horn Prairie, Solo Work, Old Hickory. Or who knows where you might know him from. Maybe from just uh, the gutter you stepped over him in last weekend. No, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Scooter's a great dude. Uh, ever since I started this thing, I've wanted to have Scooter on the show, and we finally made it happen. Uh, Pinhead Circus are playing two more reunion shows this weekend. Uh, they're playing Friday, January 30th at the uh, Triple Nickel Tavern in Colorado Springs with the Nobodies. And then Saturday night, they're going to take the stage at the High Dive again with uh, the Nobodies. Uh, Pinhead Circus, The High Dive. Both of these are going to be killer great shows. So I took this opportunity to finally sit down and talk to Scooter. Um, as I mentioned in the opening moments of this interview, I was a little nervous because there's not a lot of information about Scooter really readily out there and his bands they've been in. Uh, most of those old zines are go- dead and gone that had done interviews with Scooter and the gang over the years. And they've just uh, disappeared. So I was like, man, what are we going to talk about? And I get a little nervous you know, if I don't have anything prepared or ready. Um, I mean, I'm the I'm the guy who I prepare hours of dialogue before going on a date, um, just so I I have something mentally prepared to talk about. So, needless to say, um, mostly harmless is a lot like a date. But on this one, man, the chemistry was flowing. Everything, the beers were flowing. Everything went right. Uh, we talked for a little over an hour and five minutes. I'm not going to ramble on too much in this intro because we got to get to the talk. And uh, it, the great thing about this whole thing is, uh, me and Scooter, we we met up at Illegal Pete's. The place is packed. It's wall to wall Pete. Um, our good buddy Chip is bartending behind the bar. Of course, Chip was in Love Me Destroy with Scooter once upon a time. And then Scooter's just like, fuck it, dude. Let's go outside. And I'm like, dude, it's like 37 degrees outside. And he's like, yeah, fuck it. We got beards. We got beers. We're men. Let's drink. And we sat out there for about an hour and five minutes. It got a little too cold. But, uh, you know, this interview's pretty – it's not an interview. It's story time with Scooter James, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Uh, we go back in to Illegal Pete's after we're done recording this, and we kept talking till at least 12, 1230. Um, I, I'm still recovering from all the uh, Coors Lights I enjoyed with uh, Scooter. But uh, with this episode, we're going to start doing a little bit more focus on Denver, Denver bands, what's going on in the city. Um and uh, just kind of trying to hone it in. We got some live, uh, mostly harmless events coming up. I'm still working out the details. Um, I just got a new sponsor that I'm still finishing up the details. It's going to be a local beer company that is about to uh, hit Denver hard and run in and fast. Uh, we're going to be working together on making some stuff happen. Um, there's lots of cool, cool stuff from me and Mostly Harmless in the future. Uh, so please stay tuned. Visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. 
Follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yada, yada, yada. Uh, real quick, before we get into this episode, a quick shout-out to my buddies over at Death Wish Coffee, uh, deathwishcoffee.com. They make what I find to be the highest caffeinated, concentrated, dark roast coffee in the world. I drink so much of this stuff. Like i got to tell you, my bowel movements have never been more regular than when uh, drinking Death Wish Coffee. Um, and it also helps me, uh, you know, I don't know, it just helps me ramble out dumb shit into a microphone, and I don't know if I'd be able to do it as well or dumbly. If it wasn't for DeathWishCoffee.com, so if you're looking for that extra kick in the morning, DeathWishCoffee.com. Uh, let them know that uh, Damien over at Mostly Harmless sent you. At least go check out the website. they got some really cool merchandise and uh, quality product, friends. Quality products. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and kick this episode off with a little, uh, little song. From uh, Pinhead Circus. Now, this is like one of the ones I feel is probably everybody's uh, first introduction to the band. Um, it comes off of uh, Cinema Beer Belly, one of those El Cheapo compilations you could buy for like four or five bucks at the record store when CDs were still costing 20 bucks. Um, and then it would just open you up into this whole new world. On this comp, there was Mustard Plug, Sick of It All, AFI, Super Chunk, Weaker Thins. Um, oh, did I say the comp cinema beer belly? You know, Alkaline Trio was on here. And then thrown in the middle is uh, towards the end, I guess, and maybe not the middle. Carefree Metal Days by Pinhead Circus. Of course, that came off of uh, the record. Oh, crap. I just wrote that down and lost it. Uh, but it came off of their first record out on B- uh, BYO Records, of course. You know, BYO, the Stern Brothers, Youth Brigade. Uh, BYO also had the Bouncing Souls and a ton of other great bands. It's a great song. It's one of my first introductions to the band. And uh, enough rambling. We're going to ramble enough here in today's episode. So this is Carefree Metal Days. Uh, I, For me, it's off of uh, Cinema Beer Belly. Let's give that a little listen, buddies. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. Fucking, it's not that cold. Fucking beer, dude. Yeah, let's go. Well, I've already, this is going to be my fourth one. Oh yeah, I've been drinking at practice. Okay. I figured too. as much. So. Yeah, we got uh, Dave's got some. I got a jar of fucking Primo Shine, man. Nice. Here. We're doing it right. So he's <laughs> he's working on a bike right now. Yeah. One of these days, I got to get him on here talking about bikes because he does some really fucking cool Dude, stuff. Dude, this thing he's got going on now—it's uh, this friend of ours, Ruben. He was actually we met him with Chip in Arizona. He was he used to roll with the Jedi Five crew. Yeah. And he's building this bike for him. For him, it's like I think it's a fifty panhead, and the fucking work they've got into this bike is fucking ridiculous. Nice. He's trying to get it done. It was supposed to get sent to Dallas. They're having some hotshot painter paint it, and it, it was supposed to go out Monday. So he's behind the gun a little bit. So he's like, ah, fuck this practice. I gotta go. Yeah. Well, no, he made it through. Dave just has a hard time because he doesn't really play anything fast anymore. So he's out of shape. So he never wants to go over anything more than once. He gets pissed. It's like you guys need to fucking practice this on your own. Be ready. And then like about. <laughs> fucking five minutes after that and he fucks up yeah <laughs> I love Dave he's such a oh yeah he's Dave oh I don't yeah know, there's no way to describe him other than Dave uh, oh yeah we got, I got we got plenty to talk about I, I love are you recording now yeah oh yeah yeah all right Let's yeah I love it because like all these people around are so afraid of him and they think like they, they they've got this weird fucking like fascination with Dave like he's the boogeyman really and he's just he just does stupid shit because he thinks it's funny just because it's like almost like a litmus test for idiots like if you're dumb enough to believe that shit <laughs> then he probably doesn't want you around anyways you know but it's like I hear people like Andy Thomas and these guys talking about Dave like he's like the scary Nazi guy and all this shit it's like oh, he's fucking I don't know. Maybe I know him. I know him in a different way because I don't right. think that at all. Oh, I think yeah. he's just kind of a quiet sweetheart. Yeah, like he wears a fucking he wears a Confederate fucking hat, like a yeah, but he plays Confederate a soldier hat, and they think that it's like the end of the world. Like he might as well have a fucking swastika burn into his forehead or something. It's funny, and I laugh because it's like I mean, Dave moved out here when he was I don't even, he wasn't even old enough to drink. I don't even think he was twenty. He was like nineteen. <laughs> This snot-nosed little kid. It's funny. I've got one of the oldest selfies ever. He, it was Dave, a Polaroid of Dave, standing in the mirror taking a fucking selfie with a Polaroid. Like, how the fuck? I mean, I might be dating myself, but do you remember Polaroid instant cameras? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm not that much younger. Well, I am, but not... Dude, yeah, it was, he was like maybe 20 and fucking taking a selfie with a fucking Polaroid. And you you have this? Oh, yes. Yeah, you're going to hold it hostage? Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the minute he breaks into the the big time world with the bikes, I'm going to fucking release it. Yeah. Unless he builds me a bike. It's it's funny because he's a fucking fantastic drummer, a great pedal steel player, but it'll probably be bikes that gets him You should have seen him skateboarding, man. He was a fucking killer skateboarder. Oh, yeah. He was... Incredible, man. Yeah. Cars, he can build cars, bikes, whatever. Do anything. I can. Just, Enough about him. This is my I, interview. I can get drunk and <laughs> ask people questions. Hell yeah, I can. Kind get, of. I can get drunk and forget songs, you know. Um, God. So, so I was actually kind of nervous because I, I like to do a lot of research on people, but like from the Pinhead days, there's not a, there's not a lot on the internet about Pinhead anymore. There's not a lot about Love Me Destroyer. There's a little bit about your time in Tin Horn. And, like, I like to do research and right. know everything. And I'm like, I don't know anything. What are we going to talk about? 
shit. I'll give you the we're, lowdown. We, what do you want to know? We've got everything. Well, I, I don't know if you remember, because every time we see each other, we drink too much, and then we bro out about it at the end, but we have the same birthday. Oh, we do. I remember. Too, I remember. Because it's here and over lots of uh, beer. But My you've dad, got a lot more to celebrate for. I'm over the hill, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm 33. <laughs> You're nine years older than me. My dad has the same birthday as us, too. Really? He's 15 years older than you. That's fucking so, awesome, So dude. somehow, when I discovered that, I think it was in the MySpace days, I was either following you or the bands or something, because it had to have been back then, I discovered that we had the same birthday, and I was like, <gasps> and I'm kind of, even when I didn't know you, kind of looked up at you as some kind of older brother. <laughs> awesome. Enigmatic, Igna- uh, I think I'm saying it wrong, character, and... Uh, Oh, yeah. I'm just like, oh, we have the same birthday. And there are a lot of people with our fucking birthday that I are know, fucking, I know, dude. And almost all of them are cool people. Oh, yeah. We're lucky. Fuck yeah. Except we're, well, it's a good day. My dad might listen to this, but he's... Yeah, he's <laughs> he might be the one. Me and, my da- me and my dad have so much in common, we have nothing in common. That's... So, at least at least we got stuff in common. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, a lot of... Uh, a lot of the early stuff we were doing, I mean, the internet wasn't even barely around, you know? Yeah. Like, it wasn't like it is now. Trevor and I Trevor and I were talking about that. I'm going to sound like some fucking crotch, you know, fucking coop. But we were just reminiscing about how amazing it was to be fucking 25 years old, navigating a city like New York. I've never been there with a fucking atlas. <laughs> like... Just remember, like, how fucking crazy that was. It's just like, you got to be fucking kidding me, you know? I mean, we didn't have any money or shit. We'd make it, barely make it place to place. But, I mean, all we had was a fucking atlas and calling cards. It's like <laughs> Calling cards, man. Oh, my God. It's like, Jesus, dude. I mean, I mean fuck. I ain't going to act like we were the only ones to ever do it. But, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of bands really fucking on our level, like, doing that, hitting the road tour, yeah. and nobody's did. Like, that's who yeah. got us into it. And I think we kind of... We kind of hit the tail end of that where nobody's were like that band. They hit the right era where you get in the fucking van and you go tour and people are going to fucking start yeah. following you, you know. But, and at the time, I mean, like, I remember uh, the Nobodies were kind of the gutter mouth. Gutter mouth was the big band. Nobodies uh, were kind of like gutter mouth. I still have, I have a fucking dat tape of Pinhead Circus face-to-face and gutter mouth at the Fox Theater. God damn. And I need to get it. I, I've been talking with, the last time I... I played with uh, Trevor. Uh, he did that acoustic tour thing, mm. and we were talking about it. Face to face, Trevor. But yeah, but I don't know. I, everywhere I go, like Fogel and those guys look at me like I'm crazy. Like I can't find a fucking DAT player. They're like, uh, dude, you got to find a place that'll rent them, and then like if you're lucky, you know, get one and fucking yeah. do all this shit. It's such a pain in the ass. But I, I saved it because uh, it was kind of funny because. Apparently, whoever was doing sound in that era recorded a lot of shit off the board without bands knowing because they didn't tell us or the face-to-face. I was dating a girl that was doing a punk rock show on KBPI for a while, and she got it. And she wouldn't tell me who, who, you know, who it was, but she's like, I don't feel comfortable you know knowing that you knowing that I, I know you didn't know this was out there but she's like I don't feel comfortable with that you can have it you can do it do whatever you want with it you know and have you ever listened to it 
No. no. So you I, have no idea how good or bad. I it remember. Is. I remember <laughs> though. One of our friends, Brad Jones, he was in the hacks. He was hanging over the balcony, yelling something fucked up. Like almost, he almost jumped off stage and beat his ass. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, they were in some fucking glam rock band called Victoria Manor, and I think he was screaming, "Play Victoria Manor!" Out of his fucking. They got fucking pissed. But it was, yeah. It was. That was back when it was just me, Forrest, and Trevor, like early, early days. But yeah, I've got all three, all three fucking sets on that fucking dat oh, yeah. tape, man. I want to pull that up. I want to get it onto some sort of live format. But like, but like Black and Bloom doesn't have a dat player. That's kind of. I mean, why would they use it? I guess. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they're so far beyond that. You know. Yeah, Chris was the one telling me good luck finding one to rent. You know. eBay, but I bet even that is pretty pricey. Yeah. It might be worth it, man. Shit, I always thought. That could be my fucking meal ticket. If I ever got real down and out, I could bootleg a face-to-face album. <laughs> and then I thought, well. <laughs> Ten years ago, maybe. So I'd rather just get a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let, let's talk about those early days. Um, okay. Like I said, there's not a lot about you guys back then. Fuck, we but, were dumb and... I mean... Uh, so, I, I grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, and we've talked about this because I, li- I lived in Shreveport for a hot minute did when you? I was a little kid. Well, oh yeah, we my did. My dad talk worked. About that. My dad worked in Shreveport. And we lived in a hotel for about a year. Oh, in Shreveport. I think we were super blackout drunk when we talked about this. Oh yeah. I re- only remember that vague little notion. What did your dad do in Shreveport? He used to. He traveled around. He was a line equipment operator, and he ran a backhoe, and he did. Uh, they buried cable and shit for these different uh, military bases. Okay, yeah. So he worked and he on traveled around, Yeah. Um, well, I, I know that Pinhead, your booking agent, at one point, Mary Catherine, was from Shreveport. <laughs> yes, she you was. probably haven't thought about her in a hundred years. God, she was strange. She, everybody I know that knew her, like JJ, nice, like yeah. nice as hell. But yeah, she was odd. I never like, met her. Um, because apparently we met her once when she, we were in Louisiana. She was one of those people who had like, she was a punk rock band, but had a trust fund and never left her house. Yeah. Um, but there was a band I I ended up living with for maybe a month or two. I moved into a punk rock house and they were moving out called the Picks. Yeah, we uh, toured you with guys the Picks. Toured with the Picks a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I got a good Picks story for you too. <laughs> Is it the Nazi story? That's the one I want to hear. Um, <laughs> oh but yeah. I re- but I remember like in in that punk rock house we lived in. There was the, uh, God damn it, I wrote it down and I forgot to bring that with me. But there was a poster for Pinhead Circus on the wall and they would tell, they told me the Nazi stories. I'm curious. Oh, yeah. Here, your version. Which, which, which poster was that one? It was the blue one. Uh, oh, yeah. Everything else is far gone. Yeah. Conclusion. Got that it. was on the, on the wall in my house. That was like my first introduction to you. And then through the uh, music zines. And, Colorado, I, I didn't even think about moving to Colorado, but I would flip through like Flipside or Punk Planet or Under the oh, Volcano, yeah. and I would see all these Soda Jerk ads and Suburban Home. Little did I know one day I'd work for Soda Jerk. I think Hurt I have about a, a decade of all of those magazines yeah. like in tubs at my house. Oh, I'd love freaking... Stealing from me. Oh, dude, I might, I might just if I can ever get enough nerve to get rid of them, I'd give them to. Yeah. I lost. No, I've, I've got it's probably about a decade worth of maximum rock and roll. They got all the old uh, when they did the uh, book your own fucking life. Yeah. I've got all those. Ish. We wait for those to come out so we can book shit, <laughs> book our own tours. 
Yeah, the picks, man. That's fucking crazy because uh, I think we played with them. Uh, first show we played with them was some uh, Third Coast. Oh, what was I still have a shirt from it. it I, was like, I remember they came back from that tour and were all about it. It was in Lake, Lake Charles. We Lake played Charles. in Lake yeah, Charles right. with them. And it was with, uh, oh, who the hell was it? The band from Texas, 30 Foot Fall. Headline was it them show. or Latchkey Kids? It was, I, know they I think Latchkey Kids might have played too. But it was, I know it was 30 Foot Fall. Um, but yeah, that's how we met them. And we played a couple of shows with them. But there was one. One particular show, it was like after we'd already met him and played, uh, it was in the fucking backwoods of Pennsylvania in some like VFW hall, and we showed up, and the picks were getting like razzed by these fucking like probably twenty Nazi skinheads, and there was maybe four like fourteen-year-old kids there to see the show, and we're just and. And the singer, I can't remember his name. What Jim. Was his, Jim. Or James. I think James. he went by Jamie back then. He came, he came up and, you know, he had that fucking crossed out swastika yeah. tattoo. And he came up and he's like, dude, this is going bad. Like, what do you guys want to do? He's like, I say we get the fuck out of here. And we're like, yeah. We were kind of debating what to do, but it was like 20 Nazi skinheads, three kids to actually see the show. We were like, yeah, we better cut our losses and get out. So we went and tried to tell these kids, they're like, hey, we feel bad, but we're going to bail. And they're like, what? You're not going to play? Why not? And it's like, well, because these guys are going to kick the shit out of us, and you're not going to do anything to help us. It's like, sorry. I mean, I think we gave them CDs and shit, but it wasn't worth it. We were, all we could think of was we were going to get stabbed and our gear get stolen. I mean, we were in backwoods, Pennsylvania, yeah. like, and these dudes were huge. So we just packed up and went and hung out somewhere. I think yeah. we, one of the... I think there was actually someone that was our age there, and she put us up, and we just hung out and, you know, made it, made some food and got a chance to yeah. really hang out, you know. And you were probably, what, 24, 25 back 23, then? 23, maybe. Yeah, way back then. I mean, I remember them coming home from that tour and telling me that story. Dude. I've heard so many different iterations of that from those members, and I still talk to a couple of them every now and then. It's crazy. It's so but, awesome, uh, man. That's but fucking it, hilarious. It, but it's such a small world because I remember, like, I, li- I only lived in the house, but well, I lived in the house for a year, but they lived there for part of like two or three months. Yeah. They were my buddies. And then here I am like, like I'm, between I'm, tours or something. Or yeah, and then they moved to New Orleans to go to school and yeah. the drummer quit. I mean, you know how all that yeah. shit works. And, uh, exactly. and then here I am like that. I still see that I- I'm friends with you now. Like we're buddies. <laughs> we have the same birthday world, and it's just like, What? Yeah, and I never met Mary Catherine, but I always heard like story. JJ would tell stories. Oh man, she was so weird. She, she was in love with me, but you <laughs> yeah. wasn't in love with me, you know. Whatever oh, yeah. JJ stories. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, believe me though. I mean, being on the road with them as much as we were, they were pretty well warranted, man. I like. I don't know and how. This is the nobodies, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know how that guy did it, but yeah, <laughs> we pull up in green. We pulled up in Green Bay, and it was me and our drummer. Uh, what was the name? It was Time Bomb Tom's place, the something cafe in Green Bay. I can't, uh, I fuck, I can't remember. But uh, we were sitting there waiting. Kind of, we just got there early and we we're checking out, you know, kind of hanging out, seeing what was going on. And this girl, like blonde, beautiful blonde, with pigtails and a sucker and like knee high socks and short shorts. Because I'm just like, hey, you guys know where JJ is? And our drummer's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, really? You're the first girl we've seen in three fucking days, and you want to find JJ? Yeah. Oh. It was it was pretty pretty ridiculous. You know, I I and uh, what because I worked at the Triple Nickel 
uh, which for JJ for years, and like he would tell me all these stories, and I'd go on tour, drag the river, oh, dude, and like I, I'd hear these stories and be like, the shit that oh. would happen around those guys. Like I, had, it was the funniest fucking thing ever. We were in uh, California somewhere. I can't even remember. This is kind of fucking weird. Like considering being married and everything, it's kind of a weird story. But I was sitting there. We were at a party, and it was me. Randy and JJ left up and I think it was somewhere in California Virgil was there for a hot minute a couple of the guys from Falling Sickness were there, around earlier but then all of a sudden it was like this girl and she was talking and she was telling us she was from Louisiana and I was just drunk being stupid I could kind of see what was going on and uh, I think she was trying to get all three of us to go into the bedroom and I, I, I think I pissed her off something. I, I was asking her why everyone from Louisiana sounded like they got dicks in their mouths and all this shit but she started telling this story to JJ because these these people would just like these girls would just like know like uh, you know they know how these guys are and they'd just be the nastiest fucking like this girl's just sitting there telling us about how she could tie her pussy lips in a knot and stuff yeah. and I'm just sitting there somehow my dumb drunk ass got ex I, she took everybody in the room in the fucking bedroom kicked me out. Because I was just, I didn't really care. I was running my mouth. I think I had a girlfriend or something, so I didn't, wasn't really interested. But still, it was just, it was amazing to me that these people just like, I mean, fuck, dude. It's like you sing songs about porn, and all of a sudden, girls all over the country are coming up to you telling you about their fucking genitals. <laughs> so I, yeah. And I don't know if a band like the Nobodies could get away with it today. Because it's uh, kind of like, well, yeah, maybe well there, not. there's the, we, the internet has made everything. I don't know. It's weird, like, like the Nazi skinhead thing. Like, mm. I don't. That doesn't happen anymore, to my no, knowledge. It doesn't, you know. And the, it, that's a good the thing, punk man. Rock, I well, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck. When we were first playing, the first doing shows, like just fucking house parties and shit. I mean, the Nazi skinheads would show up with fucking Ku Klux Klan fucking members. Oh. And it was just, I mean, we used to stand up to these guys. And it was funny, I got in an argument with this kid at work. Because he was like, hey, fucking one of those dudes that just thinks everything's fucking racist. Like, shit that's not racist is racist. And I was arguing with him. I'm like, do you really know what fucking racism is? <laughs> I was like, I've stood fucking toe-to-toe with Ku Klux fucking Klan members. Like, that's fucking racism. That's not, oh, some guy told a fucking joke about minorities under his breath. That's, like, straight-up fucking racism. You know, this is the shit we dealt with. Trevor and I, we, we deal with these assholes at fucking shows all the time. Yeah. You know? And luckily, it's gone. You know? It's fucking... I almost liked it better then because you knew who was who. You know? It's like, there wasn't hiding and shit. They were out in fucking plain sight. I mean, it didn't matter. The fucking... The sharp fucking skins were just as big of fucking assholes as the fucking Nazis were, you know. It's like felt like we were stuck right in the middle of all kinds of fights. <laughs> there was there was a night when I had about thirty fucking skinheads from this party at my parents. I was living with my parents in fucking high school, and fucking these fuckers showed up at the door at like one in the morning and woke up my parents and they said they looked. And there was like two skinhead girls on the door at, at the on the porch asking for me but they saw their little you know this is a little sleepy neighborhood in Golden and they saw cars lined up both sides of the street and they're like what the fuck is going on and they're like no he's not here get the fuck out of here before I call the cops I found out later from a friend of mine that there was like fucking 50 fucking skins like hiding around my house waiting for me to come out one some dude had a gun they were gonna fucking kill me for what? (laughs) 
I fucking know because Trevor and I, we used to fucking we didn't take any shit from him you know yeah. it wasn't like oh I have a black friend I have to stand up for this it was like no you're fucking wrong and deal with it you know like we just fucking get in brawls with these people and one you know one on one or you know a couple of them it wasn't bad but then they'd get to a party and get like fucking oh, 50 yeah. people yeah and get tough, you know, and these guys, my buddy was like, seriously, these guys were going to fucking kill you. It's like, well, fuck them, you know. It's, it's weird because I, live, I lived in the Springs for, Colorado Springs for 12 years, and they still have a pretty decent skinhead scene, and if you piss off one of them, I dated the wrong girl who had dated well, one of the dudes. I'm glad that it, I'm glad that but, all that shit passed because I fucking, I never, I, because of all that shit, which is, it's kind of bad. I, and I, I, I shouldn't lump a lot of that fucking music in with those kind of people, yeah. but, I mean, I had to deal with these fucking idiots on a daily basis. I, I didn't really give, like, oi and shit like that a chance at the time. I, did, I was like, fuck that. Yeah. It just reminded me of these fucking assholes, you know, but now it's, like, it's kind of cool because now being fucking removed from it, I can go back and listen to, like, fucking Lars's new shit and just be like, fuck, this is rad. Yeah. <laughs> I missed out on it, you know? Yeah. I. I'm, I'm in the same boat, you know, nine years younger than you. Like, some of that stuff, I was like, fuck you, fuck that. Now I go back, and I'm like, god damn it, I missed out on all this. Right. There's all this fucking assholes. Yeah, but, you know, you know, there was always some asshole ruining the fucking show or ruining the fucking party, you know, whatever. That's what you deal with. Now it's like, I, I, I don't think the society, like, the scene or any of that shit right now, like... They couldn't deal with situations like that because yeah. everybody's so fucking pussified and well, scared of their own shadows. Well, it's like, uh, fuck, I, I hate to be, I'll probably, whatever, who cares? Like, Ben Weasel. The whole South by Southwest incident. Oh, what is that when he punched that chick or yeah, whatever? But if, if you watch the whole, like, there are three different videos. One of them, it, it's pretty, whatever. Um, what? Back then, Nobody would have given a shit. Like it would have been a blur, yeah. been maximum rock and roll, been weasel punch the girl, la 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 la. Right. And now it's oh my god, boycott the band, boycott the band, boycott the band. You know, it's like I don't, I don't yeah. know if stuff like the nobodies would be able to fly nowadays. You know, because it's so like oh we're so PC. Probably. I mean, you'd but, be surprised. I mean, I I don't think. I mean, it's kind of like. I mean, people. It's such a. It's such a in your face, like. Thing that I think people just assume that there's like this massive like army of people that feel that way but I think if you sit down and talk to fucking nine out of ten people they probably don't you know they're probably yeah. more, a lot more like us than that you know what I mean yeah. like it's I mean, easy to jump up on a soapbox what do you do man I'm not that person it's like I'm gonna say what's on my mind and if it offends you sorry I'll buy you a beer <laughs> you know it doesn't mean we have to fight it doesn't mean we have to hate each other but you know I'm not gonna say a lot of shit to you know, I'm not going to say shit just to fucking make you happy. That's not who I am, you know, whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, people just take themselves way too fucking seriously. And and it just, like, I don't know. I love it. That's why I love listening to bands like The Hell, you know. It's like, especially in metal. Like, metal bands take themselves way too fucking seriously. <laughs> you know, it's nice to see some funny shit or hear some funny shit in metal. Uh, what's the twisted? Uh, what's that band that's like huge right now? Uh, Steel Panther. Oh yeah, yeah. Those guys are ridiculous too. <laughs> I was kind of wondering, like, who's the joke on? Like, oh, you know, like that band is definitely a joke, but I can't tell if the joke's on 
the listeners or if it's just a joke to be doing it in the first place, you know what I mean? I I think it's just a joke to be doing it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But uh, you grew up, you have a hair metal background. That was like your first love, wasn't it? Um, no. No? Uh, uh, metal was definitely my first love. I had, uh, when I was a little, little kid, I used to go to... Uh, my cousins lived in Nebraska in this little town, and A, my, my uncle, he used to play country music, and he'd sit, he had a guitar, like an old Stratocaster, and he'd sit on his porch and play old country songs and stuff, and uh, I was fascinated with two things. There was, he had that guitar, and when we go there, I'd sit, they had this huge den, and there was thousands of records, and it was all like Molly Hatchet, ACDC, you know, my older cousins were into, the, you know. Judas Priest and fucking and so I'd go there and I'd do two things I'd fuck with my uncle's guitar and then I'd just stare like go through these records and look at these covers just like what the fuck is this you know Scorpions there's a guy with the fucking (laughs) forks in his eyes you know fucking uh, I remember seeing the one that really stuck with me was the ACDC if you want blood you've got it where he's got the guitar stabbed through him I mean I was I was maybe six at the time I couldn't even I mean I couldn't even get my hand around my uncle's guitar and he'd sit me down and try to show me shit but but yeah it kind of grew from there my cousins I'd, I'd kind of see what they you know what they were listening to and then eventually when I started buying records like started buying records from uh like uh, yard sales and shit and I think the first one I ever bought was Kiss Dynasty because that was my cousin was really into that fucking record you know and it just all downhill from there yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I still own the copy of Dynasty that I first bought but I bought another one just because so, that one was so fucking worn out I, I like to quote on your Facebook profile uh, it says and my guitar is still my best and worst friend oh fuck yeah yeah. I hate it. I, uh, I, uh, Michael, <laughs> Micah Snobble from uh, Two Cow has that line. It's like, uh, God damn it, now I can't think of it. But he basically has a song about how the guitar is his best and worst enemy. You know? Oh, yeah. I, God damn it, I wish I could remember the lyrics. I remembered them until I said the words. Yeah, um, I think I know which one you're talking about. I love that guy. Uh, yeah, I think I, I wrote, actually, it's funny because Andy Thomas gives me shit about that all the time. I, my new band, I wrote a song called This Old Guitar, and it was just, this old guitar is my only friend. Just talking about how we've been, all these places. He's like, that ain't even your old guitar. You just bought that one. <laughs> <laughs> but even worse, um, David Dondero, familiar with him? He played the high dive last night. I missed it, but I've seen him before. But he's got a song just like that, too. Well, I mean, it's, it's true. It's, like, I went with the, there was, I, I jumped in the, the last... Well, no, it wasn't the last tour. I think I toured with... I, we did, I did a little tour with uh, Tin Horn, but, I mean, I, the last thing I did before I got married, my wife let me go... Uh, I fucking jumped in the van with Sleeper Horse and fucking <laughs> went on tour with them, and that was... Jesus Christ, was that fucking mistake. <laughs> I mean, a, a good mistake. I mean, yeah, it right. was not in a bad way, but, I mean, fuck. I, borrowed van. I remember we were in Ohio somewhere. I fucking... I took off drunk in the van and woke up thinking I had a, a dream about disappearing and I looked out and I'm in a fucking rural neighborhood and I vaguely remembered highways out there. It's like you, you're you in the wrong lane. You're on another fucking highway going the other. I was on like six highways in the middle of fucking nowhere and the sun's coming up and I'm in the back of the van <laughs> sleeping in a fucking residential neighborhood trying to figure out what the fuck do I do now, you know? But it was fun, man. We had this homemade moonshine, this fucking, like, 
old Italian, a Russian neighbor of Mikey's gave us before we left, and we just, you know, went out and fucking did it. Yeah. It's old school, just do it. Do you have any idea how many bands that you've been a part of? Yeah, it's it's surprisingly, it's really not that fucking many. Okay. I mean, there was, you know, me, Trevor, and Forrest had a couple of things before we settled on Pinhead Circus. We did, a, we were in a band called, it's, the first one was terrible, it was called the Flintstone Kids. <laughs> that was awful. But uh, they kicked me out and got a new singer, which is funny. And then they fucking got sick. He went to jail. So they brought me back and we started doing this thing uh it's just kind of funny matt pike from high on fire we were friends and uh he somehow he introduced us to this kid in fucking uh, out of oakland this guy ed he was a hitchhiker and he'd hitchhike around and do shit and he he was in a band with a couple of the guys from sleep i'm probably totally outing the sleep guys because this is like way uncool for them but they were they all did this thing called earwax like back in the day and it was just this goofy thrash band they sang songs like mary poppins had a power line and all this shit and whatever and somehow fucking matt had moved to uh he went to california we we i met him in golden he lived in golden we hung out for quite a while and uh he went we he got a bunch of trouble and went to military school in california and when he was out there he started playing with the asbestos death guys which turned into sleep and all that you know and so he used to send me all this shit and he was they were trying to get rid of ed so they (laughs) sent ed out to golden and we started earwax again with ed and then ed fucking disappeared so we kept the band but yeah it was like goofy thrash songs like godzilla has asthma mary poppins hit a power line you know like goofy ass fucking shit and we did that for a while do you have recordings of that i because that's i believe i have that's that's gonna be your i believe i have cassette fucking cassette recordings of that band and then (laughs) from there like something we just kept fucking around together the three of us and then we ended up start pinhead circus so i've done pinhead circus earwax uh, it pains me to even say that but um but so then let's see after that there was uh pinhead circus love me destroyer tin horn prayer and now old hickory that's it well i mean you were in sleeper horse a little bit and you did some did you do some blackout well i mean but you you at least played some shows with them right yeah, but I just yeah. I just went out with an acoustic guitar. Oh, okay. Oh, oh I, 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 all right. I thought you meant like oh, you played no, guitar huh, with no, them. No, no, no. But like you, uh, you played with Blackout Pack a little bit. Too, I right? did though. I played in a fucking vegan pro-life straight-edge band. <laughs> oh, what the fuck was the name of that man for like a hot minute? It was uh, my friend Jen. She was really fucking cool. I played with them. Like I practiced with them a couple of times, and then I was too scared because they used to go. They they would play these huge shows in Salt Lake, and all those fucking hardline straight edge kids would come out. And I'm like, dude, I'm I'm not vegan, I'm not straight edge, and I'm not pro life. And they're like, oh, we don't care. I was like, you don't care, but these dudes fucking murder people for yeah. not being hardline. So <laughs> so I think I, I practiced with them twice, and Is I this failed. In the 90s. Like yeah. in the time when oh, that yeah. would have mattered, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jeez. Early nineties. Oh. Like actually, that might even have been. Yeah, I think it was early nineties. I wish I could remember the name of their fucking band, Dimak, D I M M A K. They recorded, uh, I think, an album or seven inch or something. They were on a label. They had all this shit. And my my friend Jen, she was the coolest chick I've ever fucking known. We had like 
a really cool relationship for a lot of years and now I think she owns a town in California owns a town yeah <laughs> yeah she worked right. she worked for Jason uh, or uh, Jesse James for a while as his personal assistant and uh, made a bunch of money and then she ended bought, she bought a town awesome yeah this is your friend yeah it was funny I was reading this interview with her and she was talking about how her and her friend Shooter Jennings were out traveling around and they found this little like tourist town and she decided to buy it it's like that's you know cool awesome <laughs> awesome so yeah, we used to hang out that's so weird god we've been talking for a long time and he doesn't feel like it love it <laughs> and I have I had very little prepared and we're not even talking about what I had prepared uh, you can but we got, we got the bullshit no no, no 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 these are all great stories um so you're hanging out you're at your uncle's Fucking around with his guitar. When did you finally pick up your own guitar? By your own. Oh Jesus, man! I Do you was, remember? I was probably 15, 14. I'm always curious. Like, when you picked out that first guitar, how did you pick it up? Um, I, I don't even remember, man. I had a really crappy first guitar. I think I got it at a fucking yard sale or something. But uh, the first real guitar I bought. I, actually, this is awesome because like it was probably. The, it was just technically the second guitar I ever owned, but um, yeah, I had a I had like this Ibanez. I think I got it because the music store would like rent to own, and that's all I could do to afford it. Because I was working at a shitty fucking steakhouse or something. Yeah, how old were you? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. But uh, the first guitar I ever bought was a B Series Warlock. I Hell put yeah. all these fucking old school skateboard stickers on it, and I played it forever, and it's all beat up, but. Uh, after I got out of high school, this friend of mine, I was like, I think I'm going to sell my guitar. And he's like, I'll buy it. And I was like, well, why, why do you want to buy it? He's like, oh, because, you know, someday you're going to be famous and, and it'll be worth something. Well, last year, my birthday, a buddy of mine has a birthday about two days before ours. And I got together with him and this dude. And, and I was like, hey, what's up? He's like, oh, I got a birthday present for you. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, what's that? And he's, he's like, let me go get it. Dude, sure enough, I see him coming into the... He walks into the bar with my fucking guitar case. Same guitar. He never fucking did shit with it. Never took it out of the case for probably 20 fucking years. It was just sitting in his fucking house in a corner somewhere. Like he bought and it he just, you? Yeah, he bought oh, it yeah. for me. And then he just gave it back to me for my birthday. <laughs> same fucking... Same later. condition. This fucking circle of things. And now, I've been meaning to like clean it up and fix it up and fucking do something with it. But I haven't even fucking yeah. touched it yet. But it, I thought that was awesome. And, he, and the funniest thing is I opened it up and I, I was like... Yeah, so how's that me being famous thing working out for you? <laughs> he just laughed. He's like, yeah, fucking take it. <laughs> oh. So now I got to die, get famous, and then it'll be worth something just, yeah. to, just to bite him in the ass, you know? Um, I'm going I'm to take this to a completely different place because it feels like a good spot to take it. One of the drummers of Pinhead is now famous. Oh, yeah. He's he's a sweet kind of. Yeah. Oh, he lives a in A little Denver, bit. A little bit. Right? Yeah. He lives in Conifer. Oh, shit. Should I be telling everybody? Oh, whatever. I thought he lived in Highland no, Ranch. No, he, he, he lives in Colorado. I see him uh, every now and then at uh, swap meets and stuff because I, I love the fact that, like, you know, Rise Against is all into PETA and all this and that. And when I see him, he's... He's spending his money on building old cars. Yeah, we're, we're talking about Brandon from Rising. Brandon Barnes, yeah. yes. Do you, what, what do you? This is about you, but how, how do I how do I factor that? I mean, like, 
I, I, I approached his PR people and I'm like, hey, Pinhead Circus is playing some shows. I'd like to talk to him and about what he learned playing with Pinhead that applied to Rise Against and whatnot. But what do you remember about that kid? He was young. What did you teach that kid? Is what I, think, I guess I'm I think we to say. taught a lot. Taught him a lot, man. I mean, seriously, when he first, I think the one thing that we really taught him was just that, you know, shit's not that. Ah, uh, fuck. I don't. I don't know how to how to say it. It's. I think. I. I think. It was kind of the whole. Uh, not. I. I mean, we definitely showed him that fucking people don't have to hold a grudge. Cause I mean, fuck, dude. If we were, if we were spiteful people, he would have never got that call. From yeah. Him. I mean, you know, I just. I just think he was young and he had. You know, it was all new to him. And we fucking the three of us were stuck in a van for two months. Just the three of us, no merch guy, no nothing to, you know, usually when you bring people along, we used to bring people along just to fucking cushion our own fucking impact, you know, it was like, (laughs) exactly, you know, yeah, then you know exactly what I'm talking about, but we didn't have that luxury this time, and we were out for two months, I believe, and we played a show in Chicago, and we all flew, we'd never, none of us had ever flown out of the country, and we flew out of the country and flew to Tokyo and spent three days in Tokyo before we even played a show and it just it was the, just the jet lag pressure I think it was just the stress of everything we got in a huge fucking blowout knockdown drag out fight and he quit and we still had we had a month left in the tour and we I mean we had dates with Kid Dynamite in Canada and like sick shows you know and yeah. we drove in silence We, I mean first of all we were so fucking hungover that the people from the record label that were kind of our handlers like just dropped us off at the airport. We missed our flight, got a hotel. We didn't have any money. Trevor just like played the dumbass like, I don't understand what you're saying. I got this much money. And fucking finally the chick gave us a fucking hotel room just to shut us up. And, and we got another flight the next day. But... I mean, we drove straight home, and the fucked up thing was, I never got to, Kid Dynamite was one of my favorite bands. Yeah. A, we didn't get a tour with them. B, they were playing in Denver the only time they ever played in Denver, yeah. the night that we were driving from Chicago in complete silence for 18 hours, like straight fucking home. It was horrible. But then, you know, when we got home, you know, got time to cool off and everything and think about it. Like, I didn't even think about it, and Joe from. You know, I knew him from 88 Fingers Louie, yeah. you know. He called and he's like, hey, so uh, I hear Brandon's not playing with you. And it just, my blood just boiled instantly. Like, and he's, I, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm not going to, I was like, you want his number? Here here it is. Yeah. Call him. And I'm I'm glad I did. I mean, we played with Rise Against a few times before, yeah. you know. Why well, I was at one of those shows. We, we ended up patching up our differences. Like, I think that, but that was the move. When they called him and he saw that. Like that was the move. I think. I, I mean, I don't. I've never confirmed it with him, but I feel <laughs> like that was kind of the thing to say. Okay, well, what happened happened, and we're gonna still be friends, yeah. you know. And we have been. He's he fucking last time. Uh, oh shit! What was it? A couple summers ago when they played at the Fillmore, I just got a random text from him. Yeah. Took me back. I had I had better access than most of the fucking media people and shit there he, we were back so it was like a reunion it was all the old, us old fucking dudes from back in the day fucking bunch of dudes from evergreen yeah. and shit like, it was cool man he's he's a great fucking drummer he was he was 
he was a really good dude to play with. We did a lot of fucking, a lot of good shows before shit kind of went bad. But I think it was just being so young and not used to the pressure of it and just not having someone else there to vent to or, you know, bounce shit off of. But it worked out. I keep telling him he owes me a tour, but... (laughs) He just, yeah, that's what he does. He laughs. laughs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe 10 years ago. Probably, like, just be lucky you get these backstage passes, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I met him in Chicago and was like, eh. I don't. I didn't know what to talk to him about. I, I interviewed Joe and Tim. I moved, I moved to Colorado in uh, August of 2001. You guys did a CD release party, Reach the Sky, and Rise Against Play yep. opened. And we came that to see... That was killer. I still have a fucking yeah. camo trucker hat from that fucking... I want to put that fucker on eBay and see what people want for it. Is that a Rise Against hat? Yeah. I've got a Rise Against hoodie that's uh, it's just a, a stick bigger hang by Noose. Oh, yeah, I remember I, that. I, I put it up on eBay a couple times and never quite gotten what I wanted. I really it. liked Rise Against, and I'm glad he got to yeah. fucking play what? with them, man. That's just one of those things, like, you can't not talk about... I mean, well, we can not talk about it, but that's one of those things that yeah. I've always been curious about. But uh, enough about that. So, Pinhead Circus. God, we've been talking for 40 minutes. This is awesome. great. It feels so, like five. I, I love it. Except it's cold. But. Oh, fuck. Well, it's kind of clearing out in there. We can fucking truck yeah. it inside. Okay yeah, right I, I ran across something. I'm going to have to fucking make a copy of it for you. Um, this, was, this, this is, like, epitomizes. Man, back in the day, the Raven... We used to play there all the fucking time. Jason Cotter booked it. We'd play just about every fucking show that came through there. But uh, um, there was a night when he had uh, he had this show coming through, and we couldn't play. He, it was Boulder Club 156, like, yeah. the Friday night. Then Saturday was at the Raven, and Trevor was doing sound there. So most of the time, even if I didn't go to the shows, Trevor would usually bring whatever band needed a place to stay. They'd come back and stay with us in Golden. But... Uh, but uh, so we we couldn't play the Boulder show, but we had it. We were gonna play the next night at the Raven. But uh, Jason called me. He's like, "Oh, dude, fucking the program council fucked us at the last minute. We can't, you know, the show got canceled." He's like, "We had a buddy who had a warehouse down on Second and Santa Fe, and he's like, dude, we got to put this together.'" And so we we put together last minute this show, and it's so funny because I found a flyer for it because uh, the band <laughs> came to town not too long ago. And uh, I bro- broke out their first record, and in the record I found this flyer, and I'm oh, like, wow. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. But anyway. I, and I realized that I made this flyer, but it was, yeah, it was two bands, a keg, and I think it was like $3 to get in, and it, the two bands were AFI and Swing and Utters. Yeah. And I was looking at this flyer, and I'm like, wow, that's misspelled. And I was like, that's fucking my handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's what we did. And then I remember the next night we played at the Raven with them. And fucking, they all stayed at our house. I think I still got a Polaroid of all of us out in front of our old shitty awesome. house. But, yeah, and then we ended up, it became a pretty decent relationship with the AFI guys. Davey used to come see us when we'd be down at Gilman Street and hang out. And, yeah. You know. It's it's crazy how small this scene is. Um, I, I was talking to a comedian friend last night, and I was just like, He's like, I can't believe that, like, the people I know and the phone numbers I have. And he's not even, like, he's not even top bill. He's, like, maybe if he's lucky, the opener. But he's like, I fucking know this person. It's like, it's funny just getting up off the couch and just doing anything. Like, something so small, how far you can take it. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, that was the one thing. I mean, we used to, 
we used to pride ourselves on just fucking pushing it, man. I mean, as long as we had a van, we all lived together in the same house. This, we had this this little dump of a house in Golden. I hate to say that because Forrest grew up in that house, but it was <laughs> it was a it was pretty run down. I mean, it was a small shack, yeah. but uh, we all lived there, you know. And we did what we could do, but I, I remember the best thing that epitomizes as we 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 struggled to book. Uh, fuck. We got a hold of, I think, Welt, the band Welt, on uh, somehow through uh, Maximum Rock and Roll. We ended up uh, getting a hold of them, and they they had a few dates. And we basically we were, we had two shows with them, uh, Cog Cog Factory in uh, Lincoln or Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, I want to say the Fireside Bowl, and we were all you know enamored of the fireside we were like holy shit i've been reading about yeah. this place forever it was a mecca i'm still and, enamored by it oh me too man yeah. uh, we we got lucky enough to play out oh uh, i i could tell you fireside stories fucking <laughs> dude but the first time you know we had these two shows and we played the raven and we made some money and we're like yeah and we were gonna head out of town to go on this this tour and fucking uh we ate, ate some food at a diner and we were leaving. It was just me, Forrest, and Trevor. And I remember we got to the fucking gas station and we we're like, we only got 30 bucks. What the fuck? Like, oh shit, I must have dropped the money at the fucking, at the diner, you know? And it's like, fuck, we can't go back. And we're like, well, what do we do? We bail out on the store and we're like, fuck it, let's go. Pull our money together. I think we had maybe 50 bucks. And we got enough to get to the first show, and then we made enough to get to the next show. We bought like a fucking loaf of bread and some cheese, and fucking <laughs> we're stealing fucking mayonnaise packets from the gas stations, and just we ended up going all the way to Chicago. And uh, well, like the band they were touring with bailed, and they wanted us to keep coach to do the rest of the tour, and fucking we couldn't do it because Trevor was going to Colorado Institute of Art at the time yeah. for sound, their sound program. So we could, we ended up having to come come home after that, but we made we left with like thirty bucks and made it all the way to Chicago and back, and that was like pretty much epitomized our whole fucking career. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the the day we started like making enough money to get like food per diems and shit it was like holy crap, yeah. we're doing this. You know, <laughs> it's like fucking this is where it's at right here. I got I got five bucks to eat. Yeah. Maybe I'll spend it on beer. I don't know. So, so what? You're you're what? Forty two now? Yeah. So, what's it like to get back up on stage? Like, I, I was I was there at the summit with Dil, the the uh, super fun Dillinger Four show. I enjoyed the hell out of it. But what's it like to get back up on the stage and play those songs you wrote 15, 20 years ago? It it it's so weird, man. It's like it's hard to deal with because it's like, on one hand, I'm laughing at myself because I'm like, wow, what the fuck was I thinking when I wrote yeah. these songs? <laughs> But I'm, but at the same time, I'm like in awe that people like, I'm so happy that people enjoyed it and people are there to support it and they love, they love it. And it's like, wow, this is cool. It makes me, I mean, it feels good. But then at the same time, I'm just, I'm so out of touch with where I was when I wrote that. And I had these hopes of trying to write some new Pinhead Circus stuff and I gave it up because it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not in the same position I was in. And if I, you know, it was funny because I, I told some dude, like, I, I kept talking, I'm going to write a new Pinhead Circus record. And they're like, yeah. So what happened to that Pinhead Circus record? And I was like, <laughs> You've told I was me like, that several times. It might be yeah, me you're talking it about. It might be because I remember telling somebody when I was, I was like, and they're like, what are, you, what are you scared it's going to suck? And I'm like, no, I'm scared that it's going to suck and everybody will still like it. 
And that, that yeah. it's like, you know I what I mean? That. It's like, I just don't want to be that fucking band. And it's fun to drag it out and play. We have a great time. I'm surprised with as busy as everybody is that they keep, you know, they keep wanting to do it. They would keep wanting to do it. I'll fucking do it. I love yeah. it. You know, it's a good time. But I just don't think I could get my, wrap my head around trying to write about the same shit that we did. I could probably do another Love Me Destroyer record just because it was a different mindset. But just Pinhead Circus was, it was where it was. I, I have too many fond memories of it that I don't want to fucking fuck it up by trying to be that 40-year-old guy writing shit that I was writing when I was 20. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to play. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, and, and not to, I don't know, not to talk too much about the nobodies who you're going to be playing with next weekend. It's going to be a reunion go. of epic proportions. But, like, talking to the JJ, he's like, I've got a daughter now. I don't, I can't. I can't yeah, write I these can, fucking songs I anymore. Imagine but him he tries. That yeah, I can't imagine him being up on stage singing and like just doing that shit. You know, it's like that's the funniest thing is I'm so many people I knew that were all like super porn advocates. Lives changed when they had daughters. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like oh fuck, dude, I was wrong. It's like yeah, yeah I've been telling you that for fucking twenty years. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> well, you've got a kid now, so how yeah. did? How did having a kid affect what you were doing with this whole music Dude, thing? It sucked, man. The first when we did this first, that reunion show with the fucking Dillinger Four, I was sitting there. I, I told my wife, I'm like, I put it up on Facebook. I'm like, hey, watch this. I still got it here. Grab, record this, and I played. I can't remember. It was like fucking say goodnight to the bad guy or something. And my kid was like being crazy. And as soon as the camera went off, I look over. And he's like, Dad. You should stop being in a band, and you should be in the Aquabats. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> How old's your kid? Four. Four. Yeah. Well, he's got a point. That's awesome, though, man. He's getting into. He's. I can see he's doing the same thing I'm doing because I've got this massive fucking record collection. He's going through my records. Yeah, you know, he's obsessed with like Ozzy and gremlins and cool <laughs> shit like how can i not get into that my wife is just like wow you're really hating this huh i was like fuck i'm a giant little kid yeah. you know it's like we watch cartoons we play video games we fight like we're two four-year-olds yeah <laughs> i can argue it's like all right whatever so when he picks up that guitar what advice are you gonna get are you gonna have for him? Put it fucking down. <laughs> Get rid of it. Don't fucking, don't touch it. Go but, away. But of course, you know he's gonna rebel, and you're gonna tell him no, and he's gonna fucking say yes. I've thought about it. I've even practiced the speech. I think it's gonna start something with a little stern look and be like, "No good's gonna come of this." Yeah. And I'd be totally lying, but I can't imagine my kid doing some of the shit we did when we were fucking. Right. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's it's a different world. Oh yeah. Um, I want to ask some metaphysical question. Like, do you think you'd still be the person you are? But I know the answer to that. Like, no. we are who we are because of yeah. all those experiences. Um, oh fuck yeah! If you could quantum leap back in time, how's this? If you could quantum leap back in time to that twenty-two-year-old, is there anything you do different? Oh fuck yeah! Everything. <laughs> uh, everything. I think. Well. I was telling Trevor this tonight, we were talking about it, and I was just saying that I think, you know, the thing that bugs me the most, it's not not regrets, but, like, I hate the fact that I've been just about everywhere in the United States, and there's some places that I'll probably never go to again, but, I mean, we never really knew what the fuck was going on. I mean, back then it wasn't as easy as, oh, pick up your phone and Google what's in the town to do, but, I mean... 
for the most part, we'd find, I mean, like I said, we'd have our atlas and we'd find the <laughs> fucking club. And most of the time we'd sit there, walk around the neighborhood, maybe find some place to eat, you know, find some beer and we'd hang out in the van. I mean, I think I would have done a little more exploring and like appreciated the places yeah. that we went because I mean there's now it's like fuck I can't even do a, it's hard for me to I had to fucking jump through hoops just to get the weekend off to go to Colorado Springs and do this fucking show you know and thinking about how wow and one one time I was in a fucking Mobile Alabama like hanging out wow. and I didn't really even get to like see anything you know kind of bums me out and I mean realistically though I mean you know how it is like when you're traveling you don't really a lot of times you don't have you either have nothing but time or you don't have any time but I mean I think I would have tried to appreciate the places that we went a little more you know yeah would you do it again (laughs) part of me wants to say yes and then I think about sleeping in a fucking van and I'm like god no I don't think I could fucking survive yeah I probably would if 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 you know, old hickory or like tin horns getting back together in a couple of weeks, if all of a sudden tin horn goes off and it's like all of a sudden that paper God, plastic no. record blew no up, way. No, no way, fucking way, no. <laughs> no offense to like, those guys. But no, no, no. Well, I mean, it's like you have a bed to go home to, you know. A bed yeah, at home. but I mean, you know, whatever. It's like I mean, I, I, I don't know. I would probably do it, but I think that's what problem is. It's like. I, I kind of relate it to, like, do you remember when you realized that Santa Claus wasn't real? Yeah. That was a moment in time where you can never go back to the way it was before. It's like you, you've you seen it for what it really is, and you know it's not real. Yeah. But it's like those days, like I said, that, that same fucking naive fucking kid that jumped in a van with 30 bucks and goes, I, I was working for a guy... Um, I was working at this tree service and he was cool enough to let me go on tour whenever. I think I was living in a fucking walk-in closet (laughs) and working at this tree company when I was in town and, you know, my boss was just this fucking meticulous fucking ex-marine that I I learned a lot more. I thought, I always thought he was a fucking ball breaker. I I liked him, but I thought he was kind of an asshole, but I mean, I figured I learned a lot more from him than I ever did. And he he sat me down one day, we were talking about, he's like, oh, so when you do these tours, you know, what do you do? And he basically broke down like how much time and effort and everything that we were spending and all this stuff and like what we were getting back. And I mean, it's not, that's not it. I mean, because it doesn't matter. I mean, because even if if people are enjoying it, then it's worth more than money anyways. But I mean, just that real, the reality of it. That like you're working your fucking ass off to go do this and put this much into something where you, and then come home and work your ass off to get back to where you were yeah. and it was just that like I could never snap out of that mindset and even touring with with Tinhorn it was hard because it was the same way they wanted we rented a fucking RV and I think it took us a year of playing shows to even get caught up with what we spent on that fucking tour for that yeah. RV you know and it was just like. I mean, I would do things different if I did do it again. Because, I mean, there's ways you can go out for, you know, short periods of time and make enough money to get by. And that's all we ever wanted, you know. We just didn't didn't want to have to dump our, our life savings into something and come back broke. You know, if we, could, if we could leave and just sustain ourselves for fucking a month, cool. You know, that, that to us, that seemed like fucking success, you know. 
33 years old and that <laughs> kind of seems like success to me i'm like Fuck. <laughs> right and then you see all these bands that used to open for us like taking back sunday and alkaline trio it's like wow <laughs> so we definitely were not meant to be in that fucking position i guess but the but people people like me that saw you back then like still have that fond place in oh, yeah. their heart their heart but you know and that's what's awesome is even guys like matt skiba and all these people they've got the bands that they went and saw when they were oh, yeah. you know everybody appreciates it and you know i mean all these people you'll meet the weird the weirdest thing about it when you meet people that don't you can smell them from a mile away that don't really appreciate music and don't really care about what they're doing but for the most part i've been lucky enough to really find a lot of good people I mean, yeah. you're ex- I'm sitting across from one of them, uh, you know. Who? <laughs> that, guy, that guy behind the bar. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Chip. Oh, Chip. <laughs> yeah, well, Chip is great. No, absolutely, man. I, we, I, we talked for almost an hour. Otherwise, I'd be like, tell me about Chip. Because, yeah. you know. He's another guy, though, that was in Love Me Destroyer and then went yeah. on to American Steel and did some cool stuff. Yeah, and I played he's back with American Denver. Steel. Yeah, fucking. <sighs> Yeah, he actually, I loved it. When he was in Love Me Destroyer, he was friends with the Bronx, and that's how we got hooked up. Oh, wow. We played a lot of shows with the Bronx. That was fun. It was good meeting those guys. I, I had no idea until today he was in Jedi Five. Really? I remember those guys, like, being... They were I remember awesome. them coming through this, you know, like, the 32 Blue... Because oh, yeah. in the Springs, 32 Blue Jack Wednesdays, I remember those guys oh, coming yeah. up. And, uh, yeah, like, fuck, it's crazy. Small small world we inhabit yes it is and i mean it's it's wonderful man and it's like chip i still have sound of sinners demo that chip was in for a little bit with hackle that fucking band was awesome it was a country band no sound of sinners oh i thought you said country no it was a metal band that he was in he was him and hackle i think andrew vastolo was in it i think maddie clark played in it But enough about other people. <laughs> but that, but that's what's cool. It's like uh, half of this we've talked. We've talked about Dave Barker, Brandon Barnes, shit. Oh yeah. Well, it's other these are the people that we like, shared our experience stories. with, man. You know, I don't feel like. I mean, I feel like it's all relative because I mean, we yeah. were all doing. The, you know, we were all doing the thing, man. And it's crazy because I mean now, I mean you got all this shit. Like I, I work at a custom paint shop. I, I'm a, a production supervisor and run a crew over there. Um, Trevor and, and uh, for, or Trevor and uh, Jordan, sorry, are, <laughs> Trevor and Jordan are f- career firemen. You know, Dave is this amazing fucking metal fabricator. You know, it's it's crazy how like you know the world. It's it uh, the one like like I said before. You know, it's weird being on stage for one of the reasons. But just like I said, it's like it's to me it's silly like just reminiscing about like singing these songs that I you know, trying to think of where I was at when I like the dumb shit when I you know, I still remember pretty much the circumstances of just about every song that we've ever written. And it's funny because all that comes to mind, but the thing that really comes to mind is that everybody's doing all this important stuff and amazing shit and still finds time just to be goofy and have fun, yeah. you know? It's like Trevor always used to tell people, yeah, if you're not having a good time, it, he's like, I don't care what the, how much money we're making. If we're not, if I'm not enjoying this, I'm not going to fucking do it, you know? And that that was the fucking truth, you know? He never gave a shit about that. It's a secret. Secret right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, Pinhead and Nobody's this weekend, Colorado Springs, and yep. High Dive. 
in a couple of weeks, you know, uh, Tin Horn being yeah, the be Tin Horn, yeah, for sure, man. This thing's been scrambling my brains trying to learn all these old songs, and then so you've got like eight. You've got. I can't imagine how many different songs you got oh, running through your head, dude. And at the same time, we're trying to get uh, Old Hickory. We're writing songs. Oh, and we're Old Hickory. The, we're getting in the studio. Yeah, we had a show last weekend. That was a funny thing. I intro, uh, just to fucking sidetrack you again. Oh, whatever. So. Oh. I realized the other day, like, I don't know if it's, like, too much acid in my fucking high school days or what it was, but I've, I kind of catch myself thinking that I'm monologuing, inner monologuing, and I'm talking out loud, and I was, we played at the Larimer Lounge, and Cody from Love Me Destroyer is playing drums for uh, Old Hickory now, and we were the last two, everybody bailed, and, and you know, I settled out, and we, he packed up his drums, and I walked into the neighborhood to go get my car and I, I could see a couple blocks up it, like shadows on the sidewalk and it looked like they were arguing and one grabbed the other one and yanked him into the darkness and I was like okay that's weird <laughs> and I'm standing at the corner I'm like my truck's down here I see my truck and I'm like well, do I you know what the fuck's going on like I'm worried I was like what the fuck maybe it's somebody getting raped and killed or whatever and I'm standing on the corner and I'm like do I go check it out? What do I do? It's two in the fucking morning and five points, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm sitting there and I kept thinking to myself, and all I kept thinking to myself is, you're not fucking Batman, dude. You're not fucking Batman. And then this dude who was walking by, I see this look on his face. And right at that moment, with the look on his face, I realized, oh, I'm fucking talking to myself on a street corner <laughs> in five points. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I wish I could have got a picture of it. It was like, this dude's looking at me like I was insane. I can't even imagine what that must have looked like. I, I think, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because yeah, my wife got a good chuckle out. She's like, "Yeah, you're right. You're not fucking Batman. <laughs> you're not Batman." <laughs> I, li- I like to think to myself. I, I have these moments where I'm like, "Am I talking a lot? Am I talking?" To- okay, I'm not. See, I'm not the only one because then no, I sit no, there no, no, and no. think, and then I'm like, Maybe people it's... are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I'm like, "Oh, did I say that out loud?" Maybe oh, it's shit. just weirdo August third people. I don't know. It must be something fucking weird. <sighs> Let's go inside and get another yeah. fucking well, let's, uh, cold one. Let, let's end this on a positive note. You're not fucking Batman. Uh, Tin Horn Prayer, Pinhead Circus. Save the whales. When, you've talked about Love Me Destroyer. Give Chance a Peace. Been doing another Love Me Destroyer thing soon. Whoa. Chip's here. Chip's it's, back in town. The Love Me Dis- Actually, to be honest with you, the Love Me Destroyer thing, we, uh, we were considering a reunion and then we decided me ryan and cody got together with uh josh upshaw he's playing with mikey and gentleman crow yeah and he's an old friend of ours and we started playing and we were gonna write some shit and we kind of decided ryan and i weren't really sure we wanted to do love me destroyer but we wanted to write new shit and so we actually started writing songs as a new band and then it kind of fell apart just because ryan had a baby you know with kids and stuff it was kind of it's kind of weird plus i was just like balls deep in this old hickory thing and writing songs for that and i couldn't you know i couldn't wrap my head around it but i've been listening to a lot more metal these days i actually i bought clutch tickets for red rocks today yeah i want to buy those i that need to buy those it's kind of suck but i can't wait to see them i haven't seen them in like 10 years no. But uh, it kind of fell apart, but we're still, like, Cody's still in our ear. Cody Cody still wants to just learn the old songs and be Love Me Destroyer. So, I mean, it might happen, it might not, but we've been playing. we got to end it on a positive note, though. That's not a positive note. Clutch. No. Uh, Clutch is cool. That's going to be great. <laughs> Red Rocks. That's fucking, fucking incredible. Red. $8 um, beers. 
Guitar is your best friend and worst enemy. What's yep. in on that? And, yeah, that and always remember, tandem bikes kill more people than sharks every year. <laughs> They're the silent killer of the biking world. I did not know that. I'm pretty sure that's not oh, true. Okay. There's but one sitting outside. Was, I'm, I'm just door. trying to do a public no, 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 service no, no, no. announcement, oh. you know? That's kind of a positive note, at least beware of tandem bikes. What, right? what can we do to make it more like 1997 at the High Dive or Triple Nickel this weekend with the <laughs> No Buddies? There's no other bands playing. Like, can we talk about the High Dive's poster for that show? It's so awesome. Which with the, the tea one? kettle? Oh, did you see the one I did? No, I, oh, I probably did. It's I, awesome. I pulled a fucking, it was the bottom of a, a 30 pack. Uh, it was a piece of cardboard where all the cans sit on. I pulled it out and borrowed a Sharpie, and I, I did a flyer. Oh, I saw that. I yeah, saw that. Yeah, that yeah, was the flyer I made. It's still up on the wall. I just love, where at? Here, dummy. <laughs> yeah, uh, Maddie, I, I, I was trying to start a rumor that, uh, that the guys at, uh, uh, oh, what's that design? Uh, never mind. Now I'm going to look like a dick because I don't even know my friend's company's name, but. Yeah, it's I was, I was going to try to start a rumor. Drinking. We've been drinking. I was going to start a rumor that these hotshot designer kids fucking did it, but yeah. it was me. Yeah. Trash, recycle. I can't, I can't hey, wait to recycling. see it. Recycling, there's a positive recycle. note. Yeah. I, can't, I can't wait to see that show, though. Uh, oh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. All right, well, that's good. Holy crap, it's cold. It's fucking cold. Let's turn this off now and go inside. <laughs> All right, buddy. Scooter, thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with me. Sorry that it took us so long to do this. Uh, Let's do something for our birthday this year. I don't know. Um, And, and again, man, like, we got done doing this interview, and then me and Scooter, we just sat at the bar with Tim from Black Dots and uh, Chip bartending, and we just told stories all night long. Um, I stumbled home. uh, There's a text on my phone to a young lady I was – trying to entertain that night at 1 a.m. So who knows uh, what the hell time we stopped hanging out and stopped talking. Um, but, man, it, it was just such a great time. And, and I, I definitely encourage you, if you get a chance to hang out and talk with Scooter, um, just take it. Um, he's, a, he's a wealth of stories, knowledge. Um, the guy's been around the block. He's done just about all this music stuff. Um, and uh, needless to say, I do believe we will probably do another one of these down the line and just get even more stories out there from Scooter because he's got a lot of them, and there's not a lot on the Internet. Um, if you are looking for Pinhead Circus songs, there's a little bit. There's a couple on YouTube. Um, there's a website called rdio.com. It's kind of like a uh, Spotify competitor. They've got everything on there, um, or so it appears. There's some stuff on a weird MySpace page, too, um, but it's kind of hard to find Pinhead Circus stuff right now. So if you're looking to get ready and get into the groove before this weekend shows, Friday night at the Triple Nickel with the Nobodies, Saturday night at the High Dive with the Nobodies, uh, com is a great resource. Um, again, please visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. Um, subscribe on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, hate mail. Please let me know what you think. Uh, stay tuned. We got some mostly harmless live events coming up. We're going to do some live talk show, um, game show events coming up soon. Probably at Mutiny. Uh, still working out those final details. And then we also have a new sponsor. Uh, well, I'll just go ahead and say it. Ratio Beer Works are about to open up in Denver. Um, owned and operated by two buddies of mine. We're going to join forces. We're going to work together. And uh, we're going to do some cool stuff. And I'm really, really excited for 2015. Oh, man, I just scored the biggest interview in my entire life. 
um, that I'm not going to tell you about just yet, but needless to say, uh, it's the Ringo Starr punk rock, I guess. We'll say that much. Um, anyway, Scooter, again, thank you so much. Uh, Chip, thanks for pouring those beers. If you're listening to this out there, buddies, um, I hope to see you guys out this weekend either at the Triple Nickel or the high dive in uh, with the nobodies, and maybe maybe we'll finally maybe I finally get JJ on this this thing. I used to work for JJ for years at the Triple Nickel, toured with him and dragged the river, and never really never really talked to him about uh, doing a podcast. Don't really know why. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and end this episode of this show. Um, I'm I stole some uh, tracks from YouTube. My good buddy Jeff Allen, aka uh, Fun Is Okay. Um, he took some great videos of the last Pinhead Circus reunion shows um, back in 2008. Um, and since there wasn't, th- it's a great live videos he's got up. Uh, just type in Pinhead Circus on YouTube. You can find uh, Jeff's great videos. And I went ahead and stole some of the audio of it just to kind of give you guys a little taste of uh, what you'll be seeing this weekend at the High Dive and the Triple Nickel. Um, the song uh, we got here today is Detailed instructions for the self-involved uh thank you jeff i didn't ask your permission but i i think i think i think you'll be all right i think you'll be okay with this uh so okay this is uh detailed instructions for the self-involved uh taken from a video i stole off youtube from the marquee theater july 26 2008 and uh we'll relive 2000 well shit dude we're gonna we're gonna party like it's 1999 this weekend all right buddies we'll see you in the funny pages take care now Charlie. Never cease to amaze me. So it's pretty fitting that Murphy's Law's playing tonight. Didn't we tour with them like six million years ago? Yes. No? Does it ring any bells? These sons of bitches put a bell on my base. Yes! Hey, Biff, what is this bell called? <laughs> you guys call it something yet, I don't know. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, it's not the game's all here. Look at this shit. It tells me to duck. When I hear the bell, I gotta duck. Oh, yeah, I'll scoot over. Thank you, new friends. Hello. So it's called detailed instructions for the self-involved.